Bible. Monty Williams makes his return to the Valley tonight. How should he be received when he takes the court and footprint center? We'll discuss on today's Burns and Gambo show, 2 to 6 on Arizona Sports. All right, uh, Draymond Green, stop me if you've heard this before, Wolf, is talking again. And he's talking about the Phoenix Suns again. And um, I already thought it was kind of unfortunate these two teams don't have another meeting scheduled this season. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's for the best. Uh, this is Draymond Green on his own podcast uh, yesterday talking about Yusuf Nurkic and his postgame comments after Suns Warriors this weekend. Following that game, the little guy goes in the media. And the little guy goes in the media and he says, I take my words back. He doesn't deserve another chance. It's only a matter of time before he hits someone else. And quite frankly, I would love to know, why is it only a matter of time before I hit someone else? Because I destroyed him? Because what in that game that happened with me would make you say something like that other than getting embarrassed because you're just not good enough? Well, um, the only person that can really answer that question of why it's only a matter of time would be Draymond Green. <laughs> I mean, this is he his reaction to that is as if he's never had an incident. He's he's acting like Steph Curry's had Steph Curry's career, but in one game against the Suns, he lost it against Yusuf Nurkic. I don't even know how many times Draymond Green has been suspended. Yeah. I, I can't even. And and how about the other times when he towed the line and could have been suspended? Yeah, you know, it's probably a good thing the Phoenix Suns are not going to play the Golden State Warriors again this season. Maybe in the postseason. Maybe in the playoffs. Can you imagine that playoff series? Can you imagine what that would be like? What's the over-under? How many games do they play before Draymond gets ejected? He gets ejected, but I'm worried Nurk would get ejected, too. See, this is, uh, honestly, this is where I was going with this. I I could, I could, you could see a, a fight breaking out on the court. Mm-hmm. Guys taking swings at each other on the court because of this. Yeah, cuz it it keeps it keeps building and look Draymond he's Draymond Green, man. Like he doesn't he doesn't stop talking on the court, which I would argue is completely different than now he doesn't have to stop talking on a podcast for everybody to hear too. Little guy tries to post up, tries to back me down only to shoot a hook shot from the dotted not the restricted area, from the dotted line in the paint, which means you made no progress on getting towards the rim, shoots the nasty hook shots for his sixth point of the game, which is his last points of the game, and decides to, decides to do an overtly too small celebration. Slapping the floor, the whole thing. And quite frankly, you're just not good enough to do things like that. I will say this, Wolf. It kind of sounds like Nurk got in Draymond's head. Which yeah, is I know. Usually, Draymond's game is to try and get in your yeah. head. And I know he's he's been saying, oh, I got in there. Maybe he got in Nurk's head, too. But it sure seems like Nurk got to Draymond Green because I got more cuts of Draymond Green talking about Nurk over here. Okay, can I hear more of these? Because yeah. once again, I I agree with everything you're saying. I was talking about this the other day. You know he's in Draymond's head as well. The little guy then goes, like I say, went into the media complaining. Like I did something to him as if he didn't do the too small celebration. And then he starts to question my character. What a coward. You go questioning character 
about a basketball game that you just lost, that you got destroyed, and the only thing you should talk about is how you got punished. 15-9-7, and 15-7-9, and you finished with a measly 6-6-4. Six, six and four. four assists is a bright spot for him, so I'll give him that. But 6-6, six and six. and then you go to the media and cry like that? Yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. And once again, um, this brings back so many bad memories. It really does of cheap shot artists. This is what cheap shot artists do for the most part. They call other people cowards and they'll cheap shot you. Okay, you tell me who's being the coward when you cheap shot somebody. You're being the coward. I'm sorry. Which is what he wants, <laughs> and it gets, right? And it gets personal with me, because, only because I remember everything back. And it's not that I hate Draymond Green. I do not, Basinonians. I do not. I, I, I loved and respected Draymond. He's turned into a guy that I don't recognize. Um, it's, it's not like I have malice in my heart for him. I do not. But all I'm saying is it reminds me of every cheap shot artist I've been around who like to call other people cowards when they're the ones cheap shotting you. Uh, here's more from Draymond Green. Just to go questioning my character, I thought was whack. But like guys, guys are making a habit out of that. Um, him and Kevin questioned my character before, you know, as if you go questioning somebody's character about a basketball game as if it's not real life, as if that don't affect people's pockets. Like, I think all of it was really cowardly, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, I did what I did. I take my stuff on the chin. We spoke about that. I still stand on that. I meant every word I said about it. But if you want to know the truth about that, I think all of it was cowardly. I think, you know, you start going to question somebody's character in front of the whole world, it's why. So yeah. I think they all whack, both of them. Yeah, you know what's cowardly is to kick somebody when they're down on the ground. Isn't that right, LeBron James? You know what's cowardly is to you act like you're... on Demonis Sabonis' chest. Exactly right. You know what's cowardly, Draymond, is to take advantage of somebody who's in a feeble position, somebody who's in a less advantageous position, to take advantage of them physically, to somebody to walk up to somebody and literally bring a straight right hand from down low, not up here where the guy chests with him and shoot a straight right hand at his face out of nowhere. You know what's cowardly? Teammate, by the That's way. That's cowardly. I don't think... This is one of those few times where I feel like 100% of the listening audience agrees with everything you just said. I, I don't think so. You're never going to get that, Luke. I, I mean, there's always going to be people out there's there. There's so many examples of Draymond Green crossing the line, and he is acting like... Like, when he came back from suspension, it was kind of like, okay, I'm a little remorseful. He even said, KD saying what he said kind of got him to refocus. He was almost, like, thankful for it. That was a month ago. And now he's acting like, yeah, I kind of got in one little tiff with Nurk, like, two months ago. And that's the only time in my career. We could sit here and rattle off examples of times where he has really crossed. The Sabonis one I thought was worse than the Nurk one. He stomped on a guy's chest on the floor. We could sit here and go through these, and we would just—that's all we'd be talking about for the rest of the show, and it's not worth it. Uh, we come back. Are you ready for spring training baseball? Andrew Saul Frank is, and he's going to join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Hey, everybody, it's Bernsey. Pitchers and catchers have reported for the Diamondbacks, and the National League champions are out for blood, or at least to get back to the World Series. What should our expectations be of the current club? It's the Burns and Gambo Show, 2 to 6 on Arizona Sports. Welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke on a Wednesday afternoon. Pitchers and catchers reporting today. First uh, D-back spring training game is next Friday against the Colorado Rockies. And uh, we're pleased to be joined right now in the Arizona Sports Line by D-backs reliever Andrew Salfrank. Wolf, a guy who has made 21 major league appearances, more than half of them in the postseason. <laughs> quite the resume. Uh, Andrew, thank you for the time. How's it going? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, doing for sure. good, Andrew. Uh, look, good, I mean, good. Good here. Th- there's always a lot of buzz this time of year. I think no matter what, what team you're on or what your team did last year, but I mean, <laughs> with what you guys did last season coming into this year, this is, this feels a little different, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, I think it's a cool situation to be a part of. Um, I think for us to, not that we were like undermatched or anything like that, but for us to go and do what we did last year or for, I say for them to go and do what they did for a majority of the year. Uh, I was fortunate enough to join at the end um, with the roster that we had. And then you go and you make some of the additions that we've made this offseason. I think just looking forward, I think there's nothing but excitement. And I think the expectations are are a little bit higher this year. Um, so it's super cool to just be in, in a camp that, you know, where everyone shares that same same mindset. Yeah, that's really, really cool right there. And well said, the expectations. What are your expectations, Andrew, for your season? <laughs> Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I had some people ask me that today. Um, first off, I think just making the team is obviously expectation and, and hope number one. Um, we got a lot of really, really good guys in camp and um, not a ton of spots, obviously, for, for said guys. Um, for me, just going out there and, and, and giving my, my best, obviously, and pitching to my strengths and, and trying to pitch my game and, and put my best foot forward uh, is really the only thing I can expect from myself. Um, I think the results are, you know, like what team, you know, what team are you on to start the year? That's so out of my control that um, there's really no sense in getting caught up in it too much. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, the expectation is obviously I'm striving to be on, on the opening day roster and, and help the team win in, in as many ways as possible. But um, if that's not the plan right off the rip, it is what it is. Uh, go to Reno and, you know, be ready for whenever, whenever they need me. We're talking to Andrew Salfrank. Uh, Andrew, you, you do have an interesting you know, stats page right now. You made the 10 appearances in the regular season, then 11 in the playoffs. Um, that's yeah. not the way guys always break in. What, what was the playoff experience like for you? It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, everything happened so quick from like day one, from when I was able to get up there. Um, and then it just kind of... Time, time flew, but time was like slow at the same time before you knew it. Like we were in the playoffs and, and that was going and just, I can't say, you know, like thank you enough to, to all the people that helped make that possible. And just to be a part of it was, was insane to just be honest with you. And, you know, for the, for the appearances and, and all that, it was just, it's just cool, you know, to, to be a, an arm that they trusted in the playoffs. And, and I had some good and I had some bad, obviously, um, so trying, you know, moving forward, limit the bad and maximize the good. Um, but yeah, unbelievable experience with the guys and how they treated me and how how I was taken care of uh, my whole time there was was awesome. And yeah, I guess it's it's not a surprise that the team that was there last year went as far as what uh, the team went, just given 
given kind of the guys in the clubhouse, um, you know, it's, it's a recipe for success. You know, Andrew, I, I used to play football a long time ago and I'm old and can no longer play it anywhere close <laughs> to it. And can I tell you right now, listening to your humility, when you were saying, I, I want to make the team, you know, I, I love that. Humility is a great uh, trait to have, a character trait. It obviously it allows you to look at yourself and see where you need to get better. That's what humility is. And yet I hear a lot of humility in your voice in regard to saying you want to make the team. You feel like you didn't do enough last year? Uh, I don't even really know if it's about doing enough. I mean, this every year is different, obviously. And, you know, like guys are going to come in and, some guys are going to wow for the good and some guys are going to wow for the bad. And um, ultimately it just comes down to whatever the, the team thinks is the best fit of, you know, eight or nine guys, I think eight guys in the pen. Um, obviously the, the goal for, you know, personally is to make the team, but um, there is, there is like a, a political side to the game. And, and, you know, like I said, we got a lot of good talent in camp. Um, and I'm not trying to sell myself short or anything like that. Just, yeah. You know, just being realistic, I think is, is the best way to kind of look at a situation. Um, so that way, you know, if things don't go the way you really hope for, you're not as, you know, blindsided by the results. So just trying to see both sides. And obviously you, you would rather one, you know, the better side happen, but yeah. at the end of the day, it, you know, it kind of is what it is. And, and like I said before, just, I'm just going to do everything that I can control uh, to put myself in a position, you know, to make that team. But, Again, not my decision, unfortunately. Uh, unbelievable experience with the team. Would love to continue to do that uh, moving forward. But you just never know. And, you know, just just looking forward to try and have a good spring. Super honorable, dude. Really is. Yeah. We're talking to uh, Andrew Salfrank. Uh, you know, Andrew, you were, you were in some very high leverage situations in the playoffs, too. You weren't just on the roster. You came in at some very tough times, and you got out of a lot of them. Um, I'm just wondering, I mean, you're still early in your, your major league career, obviously, but there's how do you manage focus because there's a huge difference when you're pitching in Scottsdale on a Tuesday in spring training as opposed to pitching to the Phillies in game seven in Philadelphia you know yeah it, it, was, it was crazy yeah I mean not that I don't you know I don't want to hide the, the fact that it was just an insane just spot but I mean everyone's got to get used to it right and I mean you look like Paul and Gank and, and Ryan and and just all of those guys like any guy in the bullpen like They've done it. Um, mine just kind of came at a, you know, a weird and I guess a little higher leverage of the situation. Um, but I think it is what you make it, you know, there's, there's nerves and nerves are good and, and there's adrenaline and just fat. Our bullpen coach is really good about just like trying to calm you down and, you know, help you get your mind to the right place. Um, just not trying to make it bigger than what it already was. Uh, just obviously it was a huge situation. Uh, just every every outing and every pitch in that playoff for everybody on the team. Um, just not trying to make it more than it already is because it is a lot. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, sitting at home don't necessarily understand how difficult uh, this game is. Um, and, you know, and then you do it on that stage and, you know, it's, some some guys make it look real easy. Ganks and, and those guys made it look real easy. Uh, I made it look hard at some times. Uh, very, very hard. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, super lucky to be a part of that. And, and you know, I was talking to someone today. And, just, man, like, it's weird that I was nervous driving to the field today. Uh, but that's why I said before, you know, nerves are good. And if, if you're not nervous, then something's probably wrong, you know. Um, 
So, yeah, it was, yeah. I still don't think I fully understood and, and grasped, uh, like what happened last year, I guess. <laughs> um, sometimes I look at the stuff, you know, the world series memorabilia and stuff we've got. I'm just like, man, that really happened, you know? Um, but yeah, it was insane. Uh, you know, kind of some of the situations and I, I told someone the other day, I think I had my, my highest moment of my career and my lowest moment of my career, both last year with, within like a week and a half of each other. So if that tells you where the game can kind of take you a little bit mentally, <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's a, it's a roller coaster. You just got to stay the course a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, my mom was a huge influence on me growing up, of course. And even as a, an adult, huge influence, she's 86 years old and she'd still get in a three point stance and fire off the ball better than most offensive linemen in the NFL. <laughs> she's a football mom. Talk to me about your mom and the impact she had on you and the impact she continues to have on you. Yeah, no, um, my mom and I have a really good relationship. Um, not much of an athlete. I can't, you know, mom's going to probably listen to this at some point, so sorry for that. But um, not, not much athleticism from the parents, to be quite honest with you. Uh, my sister and I, we hung out with our, uh, our aunts and uncles a lot. And we always say we got it from them. But uh, at the end of the day, your mom is your mom. You know, like uh, your mom's the one you call after a bad game. Your mom's the one that is allowed to feel sorry for you. You know, you can't feel sorry for yourself. You just got to let your mom do it for you. Um, <laughs> but she was awesome. I mean, you guys saw like the, the video, the debut and stuff, just like the raw emotion. And, yeah. and for her, just like, you know, seeing how proud she was uh, made me feel really good. Uh, just, you know, knowing that I was able to help provide uh, one of those moments and, She's been awesome. I, I call her, you know, numerous times a week. If I don't call her for two or three days, I get a text saying, hey, are you good? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that's guilty. Usually, that's, that's a sign for, hey, give me a call. Um, but no, it's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you're, like I said, your mom's your mom. You know, she's going to be your number one supporter regardless you know, of the situation. So super, super lucky and super blessed to have her as a, as a big part of my life. Well, Andrew, we appreciate we appreciate your time, man. Good Buddy, luck thank this you. year. We're rooting for you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Right on, Andrew. That's uh, Andrew Saul Frank joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. It, it is the the bullpen was such a strength. It's funny at the start of last season, Wolf, the bullpen was such a, like, hey, what's going on? And then they trade for Paul Seawald. They they bring up Andrew Selfring. He didn't give up a run in the regular season. Like he was a huge part of this, and he was good in the playoffs too. I think he had four holds in the playoffs uh, in very high leverage situations. I mean, the bullpen was was maybe the strength of this team by the end of the uh, the postseason. He was in some high leverage situations as well. Uh, text us your thoughts to the Fanduel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, we'll get back to football. Patrick Mahomes keeps getting compared to. Tom Brady, does he even like that? And does Travis Kelsey feel any remorse for running right through his coach on the sidelines on Sunday? We'll go through the latest news around the NFL next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Everybody, Dan Bickley here, and after tonight's game against the Pistons, it is the All-Star break. We will assess where the Suns are at and what they need to get where they are going. We'll begin at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, well, you just heard it right there from Rick in the update. Developing story in Kansas City around the Chiefs uh, Super Bowl parade that shots have been fired. Um, and we'll get you updates uh, certainly throughout the afternoon as we hear them. But right now, it sounds like they're just kind of still trying to figure everything out right now. Yeah, um, just awful, of course. 
as any shooting is yet at the same time i'm looking right now at a live shot is is this live yeah looking at a live shot right now they're still having the parade right i mean there's it probably what you're watching is a video or a recording okay, yeah, thing over there is i think there's it's a split screen and i think on the okay. left it's the earlier it's the actual chiefs I, on stage i celebrate. see yes okay i see it right now okay man let's hope everybody is gonna be okay yeah um yeah that's yeah, <laughs> just, I'll just leave it at that. Um, the Chiefs are celebrating their Super Bowl win, obviously. And, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes has been consistently compared to Tom Brady through all of this, uh, even before this season. But but uh, but certainly um, now having won a, a third Super Bowl and they were putting up his stats before. He's already got a couple Super Bowl MVPs, uh, a couple regular season MVPs. He was on with uh, Pat McAfee yesterday and was asked about the comparisons. I mean, I like it because, I mean, he, he's the greatest of all time, so I like uh, being compared to him, but I still have so, I have so long that I have to go in my career. If you look at the longevity, the consistent greatness that he had every single year, all I can do is just try to continue to be the best me every single day that I have and have no regrets. And I actually heard Tom say this a, a while back, and then that was his goal, was just to be the best version of Tom Brady that he can be. All that other stuff kind of comes with it if you continue to work hard and continue to get great teammates around you. Um, but I've been blessed, man. I've been blessed to be in a great organization with great players. Um, and if I can just continue to work the way that I work, I'll have no regrets about however my career ends. Listen to Patrick Mahomes right there. That is humility on display for all to see right now. You're talking about one of the most talented guys that have ever played the quarterback position. And yet that's what he sounds like. Can't wait to praise somebody else, to acknowledge somebody else, to tell you, Basin audience, just how he couldn't have done it without anyone else around him. I mean, this is this is one of the reasons why his teammates love him. I thought it was cool just because you don't often hear somebody in that position like, hey, you're being compared to this person, right? Okay, your career is being compared to them. And the comment back from from Mahomes is, yeah, actually, here's how Brady influenced me. Here's how I try to carry myself. And that actually kind of comes from Tom Brady because I heard him say it a while ago. Now, the other thing, we're watching a replay of the Super Bowl um, on one of the TVs, and we were talking about this yesterday, Wolf, and, and you mentioned, you know, maybe keep an eye on what's going on with San Francisco as far as, you know, Steve Wilkes, is he going to be back? And then there was a story last night where Kyle Shanahan was flat out asked about that, and he was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I expect all the coaches to be back. Steve Wilkes is out. That just happened. So Steve Wilkes is not going to be back with San Francisco, it, it would appear. Wow. This is... Um, pretty unprecedented right now when you're talking about the number three or actually top 10 defense in the National Football League. And I believe they were number two or number three in terms of scoring defense in the National Football they, League. They were, I believe, number one until the last week of the season. They dropped number three. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you know, um, to me, again, it's incredible. Um, Steve Wilkes has been fired as a defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. And just yesterday, Kyle Shanahan was talking about the fact that he thought all the coaches was going to be back. So I would wonder if he was just speaking median at that point in time or if something transpired 
and the last 24 hours. It's kind of weird to flat out. I, mean, I know. I remember the old Bruce Arians quote, right? Like, well, I'm an NFL head coach. I, I'm going to lie to you sometimes. If you're a member of the media, I get it. But, like, Shanahan was, I don't have the question in front of me, but he was he was talking about yesterday, and he was asked something. He said, quote, I haven't talked to anybody yet, so, yeah, I expect all our coaches to be back. Um, yeah. And then he said, he was talking later on, he said, I thought they're one of the reasons that we got this far. I thought they did a number of good things. They did a lot of good things in that game, too. Just like our whole team, our team did a bunch of good things this year, but came up short in the last game. Um, the, the questioning was kind of focused on Steve Wilkes, the way I understand it. And so <laughs> he basically flat out said, I expect all our coaches to be back. That's a direct quote yeah. from, from Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. And I'm looking just to double check that it wasn't like Steve Wilkes walked out. Everything I'm seeing makes it sound like Kyle Shanahan fired him. Ian Rappaport. Kyle Shanahan announces on a conference call that he has fired Steve Wilkes. Yeah. That's from a half hour ago. That's pretty clear. Yeah, that is pretty clear right there. Wow. It, it, it's um, rarely do you ever see this. Hey, let's get to the Super Bowl and then we're going to fire Steve Wilkes. After he's been here, uh, uh, how long was he the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers? Just one year, wasn't uh, it? One year, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's very, very odd, especially when you had the number three scoring defense in the National Football League overall. Yet at the same time, we know, look at the look at the guys, the, the Pro Bowl players that they have on that side of the ball. And the impact players they have on that side of the ball, I believe four, four Pro Bowlers and five alternates to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> That's your whole okay. defense. I'm just saying it's pretty <laughs> doggone good right there. The The talent was there, but for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan was not impressed. This can't be because of that one game. You don't... You don't no. First of all, they held the Chiefs down relatively. Now, I know you pointed out a play yesterday. You pointed out, remember, we were talking about this on the air, where Steve Wilkes yep. had a, a blitz drawn up and Kyle Shanahan used the timeout used to the change timeout. it. And you said yesterday on the air, you don't typically see a head coach use burn a timeout in that situation because he doesn't trust what his defensive coordinator is doing. Yes, to overrule him. Yeah. And he's watching it. Can you imagine? Whoa, 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 <laughs> give me a T. Well, get time out here. What are you doing? You know, I honestly, um, I haven't seen that very often. Is it the right of the head coach? Absolutely. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's one of the reasons why I'll still look at John Harbaugh and say, you lost that. You lost that game for your team when you didn't hold Todd Munkin's feet to the fire, the offensive coordinator for the mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. When you didn't walk up to him and say, what are you doing? Okay, pop the blue tent up. Let's go in that thing. <laughs> All right, because running the ball what once. are we doing? <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's up to the head coach at some point in time to manage the game. Um, but, man, it's, you know, this is, wow. You just don't see this very often where your defensive coordinator – when you're the number three scoring defense in the league. And you go to the Super Bowl. And you go to the Super Bowl, and you're three points away from winning a Super Bowl, and you get fired. Uh, and you hold the Chiefs to 25 points yes. through five quarters of football. I, I think you would normally take that. Most defensive coordinators would say, okay, if I were going to tell yeah. them, 25 points, that's all you're going to give up against the Chiefs? 
Sold. I'd be asking for a promotion the next day and be like, hey, look, you guys should, the offense should have scored 26. I just held Patrick Man. Mahomes to five points a quarter, basically, when you consider they played a fifth quarter. All right, when we come back, back to basketball. The Suns are hosting Detroit tonight, which means the return of Monty Williams to the Valley for the first time. We'll get into all that next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. All right, back-to-back days of Kevin or Devin. The game is simple. You got to pick who scores more points tonight between Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. As always, there are no losers because the Phoenix Suns have both Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Although I have lost, how many? Well, I won last night, didn't I? No. Yeah, I did. I took Kevin. Oh yeah, you did take Kevin. <laughs> you ripped me off. Yeah, that's what happened. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> so who who did take Devin last night? Rick. 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 Okay, so now Rick is in last. Is he they're not? actually tied at 3-11. Oh, okay, 3-11. Okay, okay. We don't need to bring okay. the records. Hang in there, Rick. That seems unnecessary. Keep the chin up, bro. Uh, all right, Wolf, you can go first. He oh. already picked his yesterday. Well, I, I it was want, Booker. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure he remembered. I want to see if of he's going to Of course, gonna, oh, I mean, you Kevin. know I was saying that uh, all as I was watching last night. Let's see, 28 points to 25. That's right, KD actually scored more points than Devin Booker. I picked that base earnings, and then I said... The next night <laughs> against the Pistons, Book would actually score more points. With the uh, so I'm going with Devin. The smug sniff mixed in there too. I'll take Kevin tonight, and then you got a champion your victories when you can. I think I just gave myself allergies by trying to do that, especially in the studio. Yeah, right. <laughs> just, just breathed in everyone else's junk. I will take uh, Devin. This is, um, yeah, look, Devin's got the shoe release coming out this weekend. This is the final game before the All-Star break. He heated up in the second half yesterday. Give me Devin. Two Devins. Rick? Rick. I went with Devin yesterday, and I was wrong. So I'm going Kevin tonight. Okay. All right. You said that very quietly. It was, yes, Rick. Like, I was wronged by, by, by Devin and his performance last night. <laughs> I'm still trying to recover. All right, so two Devins and a Kevin. I'm going to go with Booker. Okay. All right. And really, the only reason why I'm going with Booker is because right now, Wolf and I are tied. Yeah. And keep the tie going. <laughs> and, like, I'm not trying to, you know, now I'm competing with Wolf. It's not just with myself. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep picking who Wolf picks. Okay. Oh, my god. So goodness. we win and lose as a team. How am I ever going to catch you two if we all Mel- keep picking the same <laughs> That's called trash talking in a very classy kind of way. You're going to see quite the uh, the stretch run from me when we come out of the All Star. <laughs> you you're guys, calling your yeah, shot right you now. You guys are both eight and six. Is that where you're at? You know, Rick and I are both is it eight and six yeah. now. Okay, it's eight and six right. right now. Okay, yeah. So I'm five back of you, and I'm going to be five back after tonight, no matter what, because the three of us all took Devin. I just think, honestly, too, the the impetus of seeing Monty, who Book had a very good relationship with, by all accounts for the most part, had a very good relationship with. And when you have that kind of relationship, you know what you want to do to your buddy? You want to light him up. Do you not, Buck? And then love him afterward, but light him up. Would you Would you have second-guessed your pick at all if Book 
had shot one for ten in the second half yesterday too. <laughs> because it, to me, it's the combination of what you just said. Monty Williams is back in town. It is going into the All Star break. Signature shoe release on Saturday for Book, his first ever, really. Um, and uh, but he also finished the game strong last night too. Yeah, no, he did. Uh, I just think all by all accounts right now, Devin Booker is going to have a nice night. And wouldn't it be great? It's really going to be interesting to watch the intensity level of the Phoenix Suns. I I, I can't help this space in Orleans, but it, it's almost like this game has more impact going into the All-Star break than last night's game against Sacramento. A team that they're literally, what, they were a half game in front of them going yeah. into it? Yeah. Um, I, the reason why I say that is because I think we might see more team character in this game tonight against the Pistons. More team readiness, the competitiveness of tonight. We might see it tonight more than what we saw last night getting ready to go into the all-star break against a team nobody respects. Do you respect them? Do you respect them, Phoenix Suns? Do you respect this team, the Detroit Pistons? Eight games? Is that what they... They've won eight games this year? And, and But four of them have been in the last ten. So, I mean, they actually... I'm not trying to paint this picture where the Pistons are, are a good basketball team because they are very bad, and earlier this You're season they were they're historically bad. Yeah, but so, I mean, take that however you want. They only have eight wins all season, but four of them have been in their last uh, ten games. So, I don't know, something to keep an eye on, certainly. The Suns beat them already earlier this season in Detroit back on November 5th, 120-106. to That was their fourth straight loss, the Pistons, and they ended up losing 28 in a row. They were 2-1, and one, then they yeah. were 2-29. and 29. You know, it's so easy to get up against Lawrence Taylor, Basin Onions. You knew you were playing Lawrence Taylor. Oh, my goodness, you were on edge, and you were ready to go, and you were desperate, and you were going to give everything you had, or you were going to be embarrassed. You probably were going to be embarrassed to begin with, but you knew that, right? It's a lot different when they bring the kid in from Oregon who's out there his rookie year. Wow. Just yeah, of all the colleges you could have Excuse picked. Excuse me. <laughs> you pick Oregon. Aaron was doing eight it's, things behind the class. You, you're not stopped. nearly as threatened by that kid as you are Lawrence Taylor, right? Oh. So again, it it's, seems unnecessary. You can you can you can understand that, can't you, my brothers? Wherever you are right now, you're going up against somebody that's going to challenge you. It'll bring that competitiveness. What about somebody you're supposed to just whip? Yeah, can you feel that? That's why tonight is more telling to me what the Phoenix Suns do and how they compete and where their intensity level is at. Two things for you. One, just to go back to Kevin or Devin for a second, FanDuel, we've, we've officially <laughs> achieved evenness. FanDuel has Kevin at 27.5 over under, and they have Devin at 27.5 over under. Oh. I don't know that we've seen that yet since KD has uh, gotten here. Second thing... It's one fifty-three in the afternoon. Yeah. You're ripping Oregon. And why is your hat not on backwards? <laughs> like That's a great, it's the last beautiful part of the program. What am I doing? If your hat's not on backwards, I'm just going to throw it to break and we're going to have to come back at two. <laughs> like, I'm not going to know what to do. Oh, over my here. goodness. Wait a minute. Give me a second. All right. Yeah, I'm going to play this cut from Devin Booker on uh, the return of Monty Williams. I mean, I'd be here all day. Um, I finally found stability, you know, in, in, in my career and... 
you know, I think starting with the the bubble run in the year before um, till now, Mount was a huge part of that um, in setting the culture, setting the foundation, and you know, turning Phoenix basketball back into winning basketball. Man, Spot on. Stay classy. Book is such a gem. Yeah. No. It, I look. It it ended. And I'm obviously. not saying he's he's not telling the truth. Yeah. He is, that, that but it's is, just class. It, it's easy to forget where this franchise was when Monty Williams got here, and it wasn't just him that turned it around. It was Devin Booker. It was Chris Paul. Somebody should make like a timeline of what it was. Like Kelly Oubre contributed some like actual like confidence back into the organization. You bring in Monty Williams, and Monty Williams though was like one of the the key moments where it really turned. So it'll be it'll be weird having him back coaching a different team uh, tonight at Footprint Center. All right, that's it for us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney and Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo coming up next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.